The marathon continues. The Mamba mentality has left the mark. Shout out to the NBA legend, Kobe, and your daughter, Gigi. From Tom Brady to Drew Bledsoe, rain, sleep, or snow, I grind. Guys, welcome to the first episode of the Game Changers live on the Right Way Sports Network's YouTube channel. I'm your host, CEO of the Right Way Sports Network, Malik Wright, joined with my co-host, Mr. Cody in the building. What's going on, Cody? Hey, living the dream, man. A day, a day we get to talk about sports is a good day. Let's get at it. I would agree. We've got Alexis Jennings in the building. What's going on, Alexis? How are we doing, guys? Good. It's great to be back with you. It is. It's nice to see your lovely faces. <laughs> So first and foremost, when we first started, uh, the, you know, the groundwork of the show, I, I was thinking about who I wanted to work with first and foremost. And I, I'll tell you right now, we have some amazing people here at the Right Way Sports Network, but I really, really was excited to work with uh, Cody, who we just brought on here at TWSN and Alexis, who I am very fond of, who I've worked with in the past. And uh, she's just overall great. But Alexis, listen, I wanted to say. Happy National Women's Day in sports to you. Obviously, you're you're you're. The, I always said that you were the first lady here at the Right Way uh, Sports Network. Um, thank you, thank you. For everything that you do and everything that you've brought to the TWSN, and uh, let's make this show one of the best uh, yet. Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, Alexis, you know what I say. I'll shut up and I'll let you take over. Awesome. Let's we, we're going to have a great first debut show. Um, we're going to talk about some great things tonight, guys. I'm excited to be here with both of you. I will say that. And I'm just looking forward to what we're about to get into. And with that being said, I want us to hop into our first topic of the night. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Sunday. Okay. Start we got a big, All right. we got a big uh, Super Bowl matchup. That we're, we're about to see. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Mm -hmm. We got the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, Tom Brady, the GOAT. He made it there with the Bucks. Yeah. There's a lot about him in his game. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I, I am super pumped for this game. The, they have the over-under at 55.5 right now. It's the highest I can remember in recent memory for a Super Bowl. Uh, two high-powered offenses, so many weapons. It should be an absolutely fun game to watch. Um, lots of points scored, two great quarterbacks. You got the uh, the the GOAT in Tom Brady, and you, you got the baby GOAT in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there should be some fireworks in this game, and it should be fun to watch come Sunday. Yeah, it, it should be fun to watch, right? I mean, the logical standpoint, you'd be like, the Chiefs are going to win. That's what most people are going to say. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, right? They're the defending champions, right? Uh, but I'm not so sure, Cody. I'm not so sure. Uh, All right. Yeah. Let, let me hear it. Let me hear it. If you, if you had to state a case, right, if you were mm -hmm. to convince me yeah. I haven't watched football all year, sure. why are you giving the Buccaneers the chance to win? Listen, I'll give the Buccaneers a chance to win because they have a little something called defense. They have something called defense. Listen, we've seen this Kansas City Chiefs offense uh, struggle. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the Raiders game. Go turn on the Raiders game. Yep. 
Yep. Don't turn on the Chargers game where they where they always struggle with the Chargers. But listen, they have a pass rusher by the name of Shaq Barrett. Jason Pierre Paul Pierre Paul seems like uh, he's reassured his career is on a resurgence over in Tampa right now. Um, their linebackers are playing out of their minds right now. They have uh, they have pretty some pretty good corners. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is playing great. I'm not saying that they're going to stop this Kansas City Chiefs offense because let's be honest, that's going to be difficult to do. I think that this Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to score at least 20, but if you can keep them under 28, I think you're in a good situation. Tampa's offense can score. The The Chiefs' defense is okay. I mean, they tend to get it going in the playoffs. And um, I just think that the makings right there for the Buccaneers, you know, they, they, they have the talent necessarily to win, right? right? The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have good linebackers. They can run the ball on them. They'll be able to run the ball on them if that's something that they choose to do. They'll be even able to utilize their tight ends, you know, uh, Cameron Brayton and Rob Gronkowski. If, if I, I – listen, I'm not the head coach of the Tampa Buccaneers. I'm not even the offense coordinator who happened to be one of the same. But what I am saying is – if I was, you know, diving, you know, into a plan to to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm attacking the, the intermediate of the field. That's what I'm doing. I'm attacking them at the linebacker where, where the linebackers are supposed to be covering, and I'm taking advantage of that all day. That all be, I, I don't know. I agree to an extent. I agree to an extent. When you are going to attack the Chiefs, you have to attack the middle of that defense. Granted, you have Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, roaming around. Man, he is dangerous when yeah. he, you know, gets an opportunity to make plays. But their linebackers have been suspect, especially in coverage. You got two great weapons in Cameron Brait yeah. and Rob Gronkowski that Tom Brady, you know, he loves to use. Um, so I think they do give him give him shots, especially in the red zone. Yeah. But man, the Chiefs just do something special yeah. that I I'm not sure that that Tampa Bay defense is able to keep up with. No, nope. it's all the pre-snap motion that they do, all the formations, the alignment. Everything that Andy Reid does when he puts pen to paper, the the things that he schemes up, him and Eric Bieniemy both, um, two phenomenal offensive minds. They are going to find ways to exploit the Buccaneers' defense. They they had holes, and the Buccaneers were able to shore those up when they played earlier in the season. But they let Tyreek go for 200 yards in the first quarter. I think the Chiefs have a chance to put up points. And if they put up points early, they can make that Tampa Bay offense a little more one-dimensional because you running on the Chiefs works, but you can't run on the Chiefs when you're down a couple scores against Patrick Mahomes. So this is true. I, I mean, it should be it should be a good game, but I like I like the Chiefs here. I I personally think they can um really continue to push offensively and put that pressure on Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think what it's going to come down to, and they're the two of the playmakers that you mentioned, Jason Pierre, Paul, Shaq Barrett. Uh, you got Devin White and Levante David. there. Alma Kong too, Vita Vea. I mean, the oh. literally goes on. They've got some Absolutely. time. I'm not – listen, the Kansas City Chiefs right now, we know who their X factors are. It's what? Yep. Drew Hill? It's yep. – Cole Hardman, it's Travis Kels, and it's uh, Patrick Holmes, right? He's the great equalizer here. But that offense, that offense currently as it stands right now can match them. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, if he's not, you know, being Antonio Brown, uh, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Ronald Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Br I mean, the list goes on. Don't even sleep on the rookie Tyler Johnson. These things yep. – can happen. These are realistic things that can happen. So all the while, while I see everyone saying this could be a high-scoring game, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a high-scoring game. I, might, I think it might be one of those like low-scoring 21-24 games. Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely do because I definitely think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense can slow down the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I genuinely do. That all being said, I'm not crazy. I'm not going to pick against the Kansas City Chiefs. I am just saying the makings of a loss for the Kansas City Chiefs is right there. Tom Brady, Alexa said it at the beginning. She said he is the GOAT. 
And listen, there's something about Tom Brady when he gets in the Super Bowl when he's not going against the New York Football Giants. <laughs> there is something Man. going there with Tom Brady, and um, he's shown us time and time again that he can get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And for all of those who said that it was a him and Bill Belichick thing, whoa! See, that's where I want to stop it. That's where I want to stop it. I mean, we're going to talk about that because the one thing about the, the game changer shows, we're going to be talking about things. It's not going to be a, oh, it's going to be scripted. It's going to be some, some stuff that we talk about, some topics that come up, but it's more so going to be a show where we're just talking casually. And I'm so happy that you brought that up, Alexis, because that is a notion. That is a narrative that is out right now where people are saying, you know, look at it. Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl and Bill Belichick didn't even make the playoffs. Stop it. Let's stop that narrative right now. To everyone at home that is saying that, to everyone who's watching this is saying that. I even heard Damian, Dan, Danny Amendola come out and say, Tom Brady Man. is a way. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to act like Bill Belichick didn't take the Patriots to the uh, to the uh, didn't have, to 11 and 5 record, Matt Castle at quarterback. We're not going to act like he didn't keep the Patriots afloat when Tom Brady was dealing with his suspensions for the plate gate. Listen, the fact of the matter is, Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, but let's not act like Tampa Bay didn't have a, a plethora of weapons for Tom Brady there. Oh, absolutely. A ridiculous amount of weapons for Tom Brady there. So to compare that to the Patriots, what the Patriots have is absolutely asinine. It's not something I'm ready to do. I'm just not ready to do that just yet. I, I've been seeing that a lot on, on, on the internet. People are like, well, you know, Tom Brady, but Tom Brady went to a stacked Buccaneers football team. He's throwing a Mike Evans, a six foot five receiver. Look, look at the look at the nose. Look at look at the last time Tom Brady threw it to a six foot five receiver, a six foot oh, over six foot. It was Randy Moss, right? Yeah, I think he had a pretty decent season yeah. that year, if I do remember. I don't know. A couple touchdowns were thrown between him and Randy Moss. Mm -hmm. um, look, I I agree. The, the, you're comparing apples to oranges, right? Tom Brady is phenomenal in what he's able to do. Absolutely. At the end of the day, football is a team sport, right? And Bill Belichick has been able to build teams and build a franchise that has been able to compete year in and year out, regardless of what moving pieces have been there and everything that's shifted around. That being said, like, yeah, he's not there this year, but they shelled out to win three Super Bowls in the last, what, six years? Right. right. I mean, when you do that, like, yeah, you're going to have success comes in ebbs and flows, right? You mm -hmm. can't. We've been spoiled with so much Patriot, Patriot success that we think that achieving conference championship level play every single year is the norm for them. They are the exception. Absolutely. And as anything with greatness does, there is ebbs and flows, right? right. So I, th I think we can establish here that they are both great in their own right. And together they were incredible. Thank you. I you just get to watch some yeah. Tom Greatney's greatness by himself, you know, let yeah. him shine. I think I think it's great. And listen, let's not even forget Bruce Arians is a hell of a coach. He won two he's two time coach of the year as well. Oh, right? absolutely. So when he went when he went over there, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, a couple of months back, uh, one of the guys on the right with Sports Network, he said Drew Brees and Sean Payton under uh, uh, were were um, overrated or overrated duo. I said, whoa, what do you mean they're overrated duo compared to what? You know, a, a, a duo that is able to get a, get to a championship and win a championship. I don't think that they're overrated. I think that they're they're good. Now, mm -hmm. would you certainly have liked to see more from them? Absolutely. But if we're comparing them to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, like like to to Cody's point, they're 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 the rare okay, they're they're the rare um tag team. Just like if someone's trying to compare Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, once again, another rare uh, a, a rare team. But I'm done yapping. <laughs> so, um, with we that being said. I think we're going to have an interesting game, a very good matchup on our hands on Sunday. And if it wasn't clear, 
I do want you guys to go out and throw out your picks. Go ahead, Cody. All right. So with that being said, I am I am concerned a little bit with the Chiefs offensive line health. If there's any position that that the Tampa Bay's defense is going to exploit, it's going to be on those tackles. They have great edge rushers. They can contain the middle with their the interior defensive linemen. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs money line. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus three if we're betting against the spread. I think they find a way to get it done. Um, but, man, is it going to be a good game. It is going to be a good, good game. Um, what's your pick? You know, I said on this show, I was like, you know, leading up to it, I was like, I'm ready to make my prediction. I'm going to make my And now hearing Cody make his prediction, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. But I will. I will because I promised I would. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Uh, this is this is really a tough game. This is really a tough one. Oh, yeah. Uh, you see, Tampa has the ability to do something that I don't think hasn't been done, in, if it ever has been done, I'm not sure, but to win a Super Bowl, you know, in their home <laughs> their home stadium. Ah, uh, man, this is tough. Um, never been done. It has never yeah, been done. Um, this is really – this is probably one of the hardest Super Bowls that I've ever had to give a prediction for. Uh I'm going with the Buccaneers. I'm going with the Buccaneers. Buccaneers this game. I don't know why. I just feel um you think Tom Brady can get it done? You think Tom Brady can get it done? I think that that defense has enough in their enough in their arsenal to um to to shock. And I'm not confident saying that to you by the way, guys. Just so we're clear. I am not confident in making this pick. I, I'm sure tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll say the Chiefs. Or after the show I might say the Chiefs. I am genuinely not sure. So if you're hoping to say you know, Malik's opinion, I'm going to – that's what I'm going to go with. Don't, don't. I am not confident <laughs> at all, and I'm using Man, I heard the yeah, scariest – oh. What happened? You just cut out there for just a second. Nope, you're good. Okay, okay. Here, I did hear something incredibly frightening mm-hmm. this week, and – is Tom Brady when talking about how the, all the differences between you know the COVID protocols and mm-hmm. Super Bowl row and the media and everything? He goes, "I have never had this much time to prepare for a Super Bowl," and that just sent chills down my spine. So we will see, man. Nobody prepares like Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. It's right. it's definitely an unprecedented time with all of this that is happening, and he's right. They've never had this much time to prepare for a Super Bowl, and this is probably one of the biggest Super Bowl games that he's going to play. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting. I I look again, I, I can see a scenario where both team where where, where the, either team wins, you know, but something just feels like Tom Brady's on a mission and that mission's going to end with him hoisting the Lombardi trophy. It seems like that mission is he wants to prove to people, "Hey, I'm I am the greatest quarterback of all time." I mean, if he does it, man, seven. Then, oof, I don't I there's there's nothing else you could say. If there's anyone else doubting, if there's anyone else out nope. there that is saying uh, I, I heard someone say, uh, what's the guy's name from the 49ers? That was Joe Montana, Joe Montana. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my father still thinks Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time. Cause he's a biased Miami Dolphins fan, but Hey, listen, <laughs> go at Love it. it. Um, if Tom Brady wins on Sunday though, I do not want to hear anywhere that Tom Brady isn't the goat. Yeah. Can't argue it. Can't argue it. I'd argue. I would say that it's hard to argue now, but very challenging to argue. Right. But, but seven, I think seven, just is seven hard. is, yeah. Yeah. But that's a tough number. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see. 
It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. Oh, it's going to be a great game. I'm going to make sure I have my wings and my all, all the whole spread, the setup, because I'm hey. watching that game at tip off. Nothing wrong with that at all. I actually have a question, though, for Cody, though. Um, Cody, who do you think is going to win Super Bowl MVP? Okay, so I this this award has been and will continue to be biased towards quarterbacks, and that's fine. I, and I totally understand it. Same as regular season MVP. Um, so the the logical answer for this would be Patrick Mahomes because I think the Chiefs get it done, and therefore I think Patrick Mahomes has a chance to be uh, Super Bowl MVP. I think that if that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to end up being Tyreek Hill um, from a Chief standpoint. If I had to pick another Chief outside of Patrick Mahomes, I think it's going to be Tyreek Hill. Um, the first quarter he had against that Buccaneers team, um, I think he really had a chance to expose um, some holes there. And we'll see if they they play him man-to-man um, or if they kind of sit back in a softer zone and let Mahomes kind of tinker and uh, see what he can pick apart in the middle of the field. But I like Tyreek Hill. I think he's got a really good chance to score – you know, a couple big bombs, um, and he's just absolutely electric when he gets football in his hands. So oh, yeah. that would be my. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to be my like. But if I was, if I was, you know, a gambling man, I may or may not be. I'd sprinkle a little money on Tyreek Hill. Okay, um, I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. Ooh, I love that pick. I'm going to go love that playoff pick. Lenny. Playoff Lenny. I think something's something's up with him. I don't know what it is, but it's something something fantastic. I saw him post something uh, on his social media it was either today or yesterday where he was just going off all the narratives since he came into the league and when he was at the Jaguars. It was like, you're selfish, selfish player. But give me playoff Lenny to win uh, MVP, and the Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl. I think playoff Lenny is going to uh, have a, a field day. I can see him scoring about two touchdowns and really breaking this game open. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, too. I, I think that, like um, – I think to your point, that that Buccaneers defense that we saw um, against the Kansas City Chiefs early in the season is not the same Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense we we see now. They have hit their stride. They are playing well. Let me tell you something. Todd Bowles is one hell of a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Anybody's going to establish a a game plan to stop this offense, it's going to be a chess match. This is going to be Todd Bowles. This game is going to be won and lost with Todd Bowles versus Andy Reid. You can bet it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the coaching in this game is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, on both ends, all the coordinators, you got uh Leftwich and Todd Bowles for the Buccaneers, you got the enemy um with the Chiefs, you got Eric Reed and Bruce Arians. The coaching matchups are are gonna be fun to watch. I mean, the schemes oh, it's football, it's a football dream, man. Mm-hmm. Football dream. I, I got another question. Uh, and this again, we're just talking casually about it, but I gotta ask, what do you think about I've heard I've heard you mention Eric Bannemi a few times. It seems to me that you're an Eric Bannemi guy, a believer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are, there are certain things that I just get incredibly frustrated with. The NFL head coaching hiring process is absolutely one of those things. And the way that they do it in college, I think is much more beneficial to the head coach, Mm -hmm. but it makes it the way the NFL currently operates. It makes it incredibly difficult for NFL coordinators who are on winning teams going deep into the playoffs, the sign of good coaching, right? It makes it more difficult for them to get positions because they positions fill up right away, right? Mm-hmm. So you when you have coaches that are being fired, you know, with two, three weeks left in the season or that Black Monday where a lot of coaches get fired after the last NFL Sunday, it 
makes it disproportionate for great NFL talent to hit those head coaching positions. That being said, I also think Eric the enemy is in a very unique position where he can be picky with where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. And I know that we had a, the Texans head coaching position is somewhat of an enigma. Now, whether or not that he would have, whether or not he would have stayed or Deshaun Watson would have stayed if the enemy was hired, um, you know, we're, we're never going to be able to figure that out. But that being said, if he didn't like that situation, they don't have a first round pick this year. Deshaun Watson might be on the way out. It might be in his best interest to stay. So mm-hmm. I think the enemy is a brilliant, brilliant mind. He is going to be a phenomenal NFL head coach. This year wasn't the year for him. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves a better opportunity. And I think the NFL needs to sit down and evaluate how they do their head coaching hires that allow these uh that allow these co- the coaches who that are making deep runs to really go out and get the jobs they deserve. Right. Um yeah, I mean I I think that Eric Bannemi should 100 percent be a head coach right now. I think I I've been kind of uh I've been I've been an advocate of his on Twitter and I uh I uh, I don't know why he um I don't know why he isn't a head coach right now. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see where he where he lands next. I I think that he should be a head coach by next year. Um, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> or those of you who do know, you guys know I'm a crazy Cincinnati Bengals fan. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. By the way, I, I don't know if we actually got this, Alexis. You're a Dallas Cowboys fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Listen, it's it's okay. I'm I'm there with you. And Cody, what about you? So I'm a Bengals fan as well. I'm a big okay. Bengals fan. I thought you were a Colts fan, actually, Cody. I'm not going to lie. So I, born and raised in Indiana, um, I just happened to pick the Bengals because uh, I just didn't want to be a Colts fan. Everybody else was a Colts fan. They <laughs> yeah, had Peyton fair. Manning. That's the easy choice. It's easy to be a Colts fan. I wanted right. some difficulty and adversity in my life. Oh, so I root for the Bengals. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did okay, you hear that's fair. That's probably fair. <laughs> Did you guys hear about Andrew Luck? The rumor Andrew Luck might potentially be coming back. Another rumor. Andrew Luck might be coming back. I, don't I didn't. I didn't hear that one, but. I don't buy it. You know, why would I? Yeah, we'll see about that. Look, that, that man is not on social media. He's off yeah. reading a book club. Right. He just had his first right. child. But <laughs> let him live. He's so living a good on. life. Right. Let him live his good life. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Andrew Luck was an all-time classic. Every time he gets dropped by a, by our pastor, he goes, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and staying in that realm of quarterbacks, we do have to talk about a couple of things. One big thing that's been going on, that trade. Yeah. We're going to talk about this trade with the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, the L.A. Rams in exchange for Jared Goff. Yeah, we're, we're going to bring that up because Cody, we can't talk about that one. Cody, you can start this one off, my man. So this is a trade that doesn't happen very often, right? When you get two quarterbacks exchanged for each other, quarterback and picks. Um, I think the last time we had a trade of quarterbacks kind of like this um, was Sam Bradford um, back in the 2000s. So mm-hmm. this isn't a this is a big blockbuster trade really kind of shook the NFL. Um I am a Stafford fan. I think that Detroit as a franchise has not put the best uh, systems or teams or coaches, whatever. They just haven't been able to put all the pieces together. Yeah. Um, but Stafford, if you were to 
be totally blind to his record and totally blind to the playoffs. His stats are incredible. And granted, that could be inflated. You know, maybe he's down a little bit. But I think he's going to have a phenomenal opportunity. He has never had a head coach that has the offensive mind that Sean McVay does. Um, I know he did have a good coach in Jim Caldwell, but I – I am just a big fan of Matt Stafford. I think that this does make the difference for the Rams. And I think when you have an opportunity to go out and get a guy, especially at the quarterback position, who is going to take you to the next step, I think you got to do it. So um, I think it's a good trade on for both parties, really. Malik, what are your what are your thoughts on 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 the other side of the trade? All right, so this is where I bring the energy, right? This is where I get a little frustrated. I think that they were disrespectful to Jared Goff. I am no by, I'm not by any means a Jared Goff stan, a Jared Goff fan. But for 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 um, Sean McVay, let's see to not even talk to the guy, to not even tell the guy, hey, we're thinking about moving on from you. You just trade away Jared damn Goff after giving him a, a nice contract. I get it. it it's listen. We're talking if this is a professional football, right? Well, this is a business at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. So when did it become okay to not talk with the player who literally took you help take your team, leads your team to a damn Super Bowl? When did that become okay? When did that become the norm? Yeah, I listen, Matt Stafford's gonna do great with Sean McVay, but I don't even want to talk about the damn train. I'm so disgusted by what I heard about uh, about how it went down. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It's okay to say to yourself, hey, I can't win with a guy, but to not properly communicate with a guy. Jared Goff said he didn't even know when things went sour with Sean McVay. Sean McVay, you pride yourself on communication. Let's see. You guys say you pride yourself on a communication. You have an open-door policy. Your players can talk to you. Why the hell won't you talk to your, your franchise quarterback or the guy that was supposed to be your said franchise quarterback and Jared Goff? Why didn't you have a conversation with him? Why didn't you tell him, hey, listen, we're thinking about moving on. You don't even have a conversation with the guy. He's got to hear through, uh, through 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 social media that you guys are thinking about moving on from him. You don't even think that's a conversation you need to have in your exit interviews. It's ridiculous. So I, I you know, for for me, bullcrap. Shame on Sean McVay. Shame on Les Snead. And listen, I get it. I'm not gonna even I'm not gonna even go off of them for trading the first round picks because the Rams haven't had first round picks in what seven years or whatever the case may be. But what yep. I will say is, what I will say is if this does not work out and it blows up in your face like it has a good opportunity of doing, you have nobody to blame but yourselves, Les Snead and Sean McVay. So here I am saying right here on the Game Changers' first debut show, if this does not work, Sean McVay shouldn't just get the boot. Les Snead and him both should get the boot. They both should be out because they're both in charge of this debacle right here. But I'm just so disgusted with the way the whole Jared Goff thing was handled personally. I don't disagree. In, uh, in any capacity with that because it's, you know, how do you just go behind his back and do that without even consulting him? Um, I mean, not even necessarily consulting him, but like talking to him about it in some capacity. He at least, owe, you owe him that much respect. He did take it to a Super Bowl. That's a respect level thing. And Regardless I, of you, what, what do you think of him? And then the, the, icing on the, top, the icing on the top, Cody and, and Alexis, oh, Sean McVay and his fiance and Matt Stafford and his wife just so happened to be in Cabo and then they met up for dinner. Ha ha. Come on, man. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's that, a coincidence. Definitely yeah, wasn't planned. That was not a coincidence yeah. at all. Yeah. You're going to sit here and talk about, oh, tampering this and tampering that. Yeah. Come on. We Right. Right. Come on, they just so happen to both be in Cabo and they just yeah. so happen to have dinner together to celebrate the trade right now. Come on, man. 
Come on. Listen, regardless, disgusting the way it was handled. I feel for Jared Goff. He's going from California to Detroit. Ugh. Uh, you know. Uh. Yeah. So what's next for the Detroit Lions, guys? What like what 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 does their future hold at the quarterback position? I don't trust the Detroit Lions as an organization either. Is is Jared Goff a placeholder? Is he their long term starter? What I mean, what does it what does their future hold? They certainly won the trade, by the way. I mean, yeah. it's certainly gonna come down to Jared Goff's ability to eat kneecaps at the end of the day. Um yeah. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how the uh, the Dan Campbell hire goes. But that being said, they they are in a position now where they can do one of two things. They can either draft a prospect. Mm -hmm. They have a pick. I, I believe it is a top ten pick, uh, number seven, if I stand corrected. But they have an opportunity. They can go and grab a quarterback if they want to. That being said, I think Jared Goff is in a position where he is at least going to have i think the starting position is his to lose mm -hmm. and i think he's going to have an opportunity to take the reins in detroit and show that if he can be 2018 pro bowl lead his team to the super bowl jared goff i think he now granted he doesn't need to take the lions to the super bowl but if he can have a great season i think it does give them and uh, gives the lions a chance to say hey look we trust you we're going to give you the keys don't wreck the car um that being said he is put in a very, very tough spot where the Lions are not – they do not have the defense that the Rams had. They do not have the offensive coaching that the Rams had. They do not have the weapons that the Rams had because as of right now, both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. are free agents, which means that Jared Goff is going to have to find somebody to throw the ball to. Now, are they in a great position at number seven if they really believe in Jared Goff? They can go and draft a guy like Jamar Chase – you know, they have they have potential. They could get a guy like Kyle Pitts. He does have TJ Hawkinson, who's a great weapon at tight end, and it's always nice to have that safety blanket. But we'll Whoa, see. Goff already, is either going already, to have to step up. You already, already calling timeout on TJ Hawkinson? I I I think TJ Hawkinson is a great player. Great. That first being round said, that look, there are a lot of first round tight ends that don't. Whoa, don't Cody. Now we gotta talk end. about it. That's All not right. true. Look, we have O.J. Howard not been up to sure. stuff. The Bengals drafted Jermaine Gresham. How did he do in that class? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I agree. I think I, I am I am the one person who says you should not draft tight ends in the first round, or especially mm -hmm. if you're going to draft early. You shouldn't draft the tight end with, what, the eighth or seventh overall pick, whatever the hell they drafted T.J. Hawkinson with. The same stands for Kyle Pitts for me. He's a glorified wide receiver. That's what I think. Look, yeah. there have been two people that I have just been fascinating with fascinated watching that have been six foot five 235 pounds and have been dominant pass catchers and the only two people that i can think of that fit that bill are kyle pitts and a man who graduated from the university of georgia tech in calvin johnson jr mm -hmm. if you have a chance to get a guy who is different I think that Kyle Pitts is absolutely different in how he is built. And that's not a knock on TJ Hawkinson. I think they could they could absolutely coexist in that offense. Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts ran about 50% of his routes out, out of the tight end position, either out wide or in the slot. So he's a guy that you can move all over and let Hawkinson be that anchor on the end of the line and be able to hit those intermediate routes. I think they got a chance. That being said, Kyle Pitts is different. He is going to be special. That's an, that's I, an interesting take. You, you know, I, listen, he could be. 
Mm-hmm. If you if you draft them, sure. You give you give Jared Goff the double tight end set with TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts. Nothing wrong with that. You got Kenny Galladay on the outside. Pretty sure Marvin Jones is going to leave and probably go sign somewhere else. So that that works. I Cody, we'll we'll save this for another episode. But you and me have to talk about the logic of drafting tight ends early in the first round because let me tell you something. I am just against it, man. And- I, I've been against it because listen, you look at every top tight end in the NFL right now. Every single top tight end in the NFL right now. You name them. Name, name name me one. Travis Kelsey. What? Travis Kelsey, not a first round, not a first round pick. Rock, not a first round pick. I mean, George Kittle, goes, not a first round pick. The list goes on exactly. So I, I just think that they're and, and listen. I, this is not me saying Kyle Pitts isn't going to be a, a fine player. He's. It's not me saying he's going to be a fine player. Some person, some team is going to take a chance and draft Kyle Pitts, and I'm sure he'll be a good receiving threat. Or at least I hope he will be. That being said, I'm just not. I don't know. There's something. There's certain positions in the NFL draft that if, if my team drafts in the first round, I'm going to be looking. I'm not going to feel fulfilled. Like, th- th- does any team draft Kyle Pitts and come away saying, "Yes, we got our guy"? Like, we're we're, we're tr- our team is like he's going to transform our, our entire football team. I don't know if he if if I don't know if a tight end's doing that personally. That's just me though. Hey. As we get closer to draft day, and we we we'll talk getting closer. Oh, yeah. oh, we will talk about. Oh yeah, it. we'll talk um, about. That's it. the one thing I love about working with Cody, man. And like I said, I knew right away when me and Cody talked on the phone. I said, "This is an amazing fit. We're gonna do some special stuff together." And with, with Miss Alexis Jennings as well, I, I said, "He's so well versed in everything. He oh, can talk yeah. about everything." And, and, and that's the kind of stuff that I I was really looking for. So Cody, it's it's really an honor working with you, man. Seriously. Oh, it's great. It's great, man. Yeah. And I'm happy to be here with both of you. <laughs> we love having you. <laughs> I didn't mean to leave you out there. Like this, we are just lucky for you to grace us with your presence. Man, you just tie it all together. You're the glue yeah. that holds together me and Malik. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be some heated. This is, we're being very <laughs> cordial. Oh, yeah. We're being very debut episode. It's going to be some debates back and forth. Debut we're going to get into it. Yeah. We're going to start diving deeper into some things, but. We just had to give you guys a little bit of a taste for tonight, you know? <laughs> Before we go, Alexis, I do want to touch on Deshaun Watson. Yes. I want to uh, I want to touch on two two things. Deshaun Watson and Courtside Karen. Um <laughs> oh, take your take your pick between the drama and those two. Oh my god, it is wild. Um it's juicy. It's, it's definitely juicy. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what's next for Deshaun Watson? Does he does he get a trade guys or does he does he does the Houston Texans do do sort of what the Bengals did with Carson Palmer? Do they, you know, hang tight and just tell them to rot, so to speak, until a team comes with a ridiculous offer? What do you think happens? Because Deshaun Watson's talking about sitting out the rest of the season. Cody? I mean, Deshaun Watson is certainly in a position where he could. Now, does it make sense for him to sit out an entire season? Uh, that That's – that is up to his d- discretion, and we've never seen a player of his caliber do it. Um, I know we've seen Le'Veon Bell sit out, but the running back position is not nearly um, as important as what a, in my mind, a top five quarterback in the NFL is. You, Deshaun Watson can force his hand here, and I think the biggest piece in this whole trade is that he does have a no-trade clause in his contract. So they can't ship him off to a team that he doesn't want to go to. So ultimately it's really going to end up in Deshaun Watson's lap is whether or not he wants to go. I think teams are going to offer 
the keys to the car, the keys to the house, the naming rights to their firstborn son. I mean, they are going to ship out everything for Deshaun Watson and you're going to need to, to get a guy like him. That being said, if the Texans have to make a, if he's not going to play and it becomes evident week one, week two, that he's not, you have to get what you can. You have to get what you can because if you get nothing, and somehow he ends up leaving that organization for pennies, the Texans are going to be in a much worse spot than they already are, and they are already in a tough spot. Yeah, I um, listen, uh, I think Deshaun Watson, I, I'm happy and proud of him. I'm, I'm first and foremost yeah. I'm proud of Deshaun Watson. Like, I, I, I literally want to – I don't really want to be like KD right now, Kevin Durant, but like, you're the real MVP because – it takes uh it, it takes a special kind of player to recognize this earlier in his career that hey I can't win here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Andre Johnson if he had the, if he can go back and redo things he would have done that. Yeah. DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins luckily he didn't have to make that decision they made it for him thanks to Bill O'Brien so Bill O'Brien helped him out by making that decision for him. Um the the Houston Texans are a bottom feeder organization in my opinion. Yep. Um, I think the fact that you know who the issue is, <clears throat> Jack Esterby, and, uh, and and you choose as the owner, McNair, to not address it, um, well, that's shame on you. The fact that you promised Deshaun Watson that he'd be involved in the head coaching and general manager search, and he was not, that's unacceptable. Um, he is your franchise player. You have to do everything in your in his interest, right? It's your it's your job as the football team to make sure you keep your franchise quarterback happy. Why? Because right now, Deshaun Watson is the only thing putting butts into seats. JJ Watt has been a Houston Texan, right? This is the first quarterback JJ Watt has had. I'm pretty sure JJ Watt in Houston to, in JJ Watt would have won a lot more playoff games in Houston had he had Deshaun Watson his entire career. The fact of the matter is, <laughs> Deshaun Watson sells tickets right now. Deshaun Watson is the money maker. For Houston, Deshaun Watson, I literally have seen this man keep the Houston Texans in games that they have no business being in. Absolutely. I mean, the guy is tougher than nails. He's out here completing touchdown passes after getting kicked in the face. Yeah, he is. He has been an absolute weapon on the field. But I think it really has brought to light how much power players have now yeah. compared to what they used to have. I agree. Right. So you've seen guys who have been able to hold out and kind of get what they're worth. But this is Deshaun Watson putting his foot down. And at the end of the day, this has shown how much power these players have and how much power they should have because they do bring butts to seats. Right. And Deshaun Watson has been incredible. He should, if you are not going to treat your players right. I mean, it's a workplace environment. Malik, you should know better than anything. You are literally the CEO of your own company, right? If your employees are not happy, you will not have a successful company. I don't care how talented your employees are. Mm -hmm. So this is an absolute, it's negligence by the Texans. If you cannot establish a good culture, you will not win football games. It's plain and simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I think, I think something has to, I think has something has to be done here. Um, I, I, I'd like to see Deshaun Watson um, out of Houston. I don't know necessarily, I don't really have a destination in mind for him. Um, I know Miami has been talked about with everything going on with Tua and then apparently players coming out saying they don't believe in Tua. But I, I think that it's in, it's in the interest of the best both parties that you move on because at the very least, um, you know, at least, at least you know now before the season starts. And, and Cody, to your point, you said players don't are realizing how much power they have. I think players have ha- always had this much power. I don't think that they realize they did, but they've all kind of always had this much power. I think now that we see uh, NBA players and NFL players kind of intertwining one another on social media, being friends, hanging outside. NBA players, literally, it's a, in a, the NFL, the NBA is a player-driven league. 
right? Absolutely. So stars oh, yeah. Each other and, 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 you know, riding side by side with one another. And I think this is what NFL players have always wanted. They wanted the opportunity, freedom that the NBA players have. And now you're starting to see that. Look at Odell Beckham. Yep. Odell Beckham forced his way with, all, uh, with Jarvis Landry. He, he yep. told work, like, you know, like he, 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 there's something he wanted to do. It's something that they always want to do. Now, it's not necessarily working out for him in terms of his stat wise, stats wise, but this is something I think that we're going to continue to see happening. I think we're going to see a changing of the guard as the years continue going. I think we're going to see players forcing their way out, forcing their way out of the situations that they're not happy, stars teaming up because people got people understand. Like, listen, you 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 win you 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 can win a lot more. Uh, you know, the, the the long gone are the days of being the of the loyal player staying with mm-hmm. one his entire career, bringing taking that team over the top. Because guess what, you could be committed to the team, but the team might not be committed to you. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And these players are definitely becoming more vocal now mm-hmm. that they are seeing that they they can do these things and they do have these powers. You know, to be happy and mm-hmm. to kind of feel like they're in a in a better place. It's definitely something. That we're going to see a lot more of. Um, I'm excited to see what it's going to do around the league, though. Always right. shakes things up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And <laughs> other thing we want to talk about. Speaking about you know being more vocal, oh, we had a situation <laughs> over in the NBA with, uh, as Malik likes to call it, courtside Karen. There, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we saw in this in this uh, recent Lakers game. The fan that was, you know, having some words with LeBron James over alleged comments made to her husband, her husband or her boyfriend. Either way, we're going to pose a question here. Should stadiums be allowed to kick fans out courtside um, that are there? They're paying their money for coming out players. Cody, you can start this. Look. Fans are fanatics. It is the root of the word. They're crazy. They're passionate and they always will be. That being said, if you cross a line and there is a definite hard line, if you cross that line, yeah, you're gone. Right now. I heard that she was saying some things that, you know, maybe weren't that bad. Like it wouldn't have normally gotten her kicked out. You also have to realize uh, courtside Karen, there's no one behind you right? You don't have 30,000 fans booing LeBron as he walks into the away you know, stadium. Not that LeBron really ever gets booed, but you don't have the Rockets fans behind you. When it's just you and there's only a handful of fans in those seats, everything that you say is going to be magnified. So you can't, you can't be upset when you get kicked out of a game like that. They, again, it is a workplace. Like they have the right to enjoy it. That being said, LeBron calls fans out. I get it. I understand. It is what it is. People are going to call LeBron soft for doing it. LeBron's called out fans before. That's fine. Whatever. LeBron's going to be hated on. It is what it is. He's LeBron. But some of these fans and player interactions are what make the NBA so great. You You get the Spike Lee, Reggie Miller type stuff, right? So, it is good to have back and forth between players and fans. I think it's, I think it brings a liveliness to the games, especially when there aren't fans. That being said, don't cross the line. Don't be an idiot. I think she is, oh man. All right. This might be spicy. 
but I'm going to let it love out there. It. I think love she 100% did this intentionally, went to the game, knowing that she was going to say something to either LeBron or one of the players on the Lakers. Obviously, you're going to say it to LeBron. He's the biggest name out there. Her Instagram jumped from like 10,000 followers to like 55, 60,000 followers. Look, I'm not a businessman, but I know when something is up, it's clout. She's she's out there for the clout. If oh, it was a, if it was any other game, any mm -hmm. other player, she wouldn't have done it. She did it to LeBron, and then she goes and posts on Instagram immediately after on her story. Okay, okay, Karen. <laughs> okay, take care, Karen. Um, so you know, I I was I was gonna take the fan side, believe it or not. At one point, I was because, and everybody knows I am a huge LeBron fan, huge LeBron fan. Um, he is my NBA. He's my favorite NBA team as well. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to anymore. And here's why: because I, I did homework. Obviously, the this this lady, not only the lady, but her husband, um, who LeBron said he thought was 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 um, <laughs> he thought was her father. Yeah, <laughs> he got him a steroid. <laughs> figure steroid. Yeah, <laughs> he he um, you know, it, it, this is something that's been going on with them and LeBron James apparently since like LeBron was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like he has a, a hatred for LeBron. Whatever he does, he's very wealthy. He's able to afford courtside tickets quite often. Uh, but he apparently gets into it and says things to LeBron a lot of times. And if you go down on one of his Instagram pages, I saw on social media, he was saying that, you know, you know, uh, this punk almost sat on my, on my, uh, on my phone or something like that, or something ridiculous. Like that. So like you could tell that this was pre-planned. It was, it was something that they already had in their minds. They went to the game with the intention of obviously joining at um, LeBron. I, I certainly think that they didn't expect a reaction while they got one. Um, mm -hmm. I, that all being said, I don't necessarily think player uh, fans should be kicked out of the games. You know, they're spending their hard on, on money. Yep. I think that they have an opportunity. They should have an opportunity to voice their opinion. It's what makes the NBA the NBA. It's what makes yeah. the NFL. Say what's on your mind. Speak what's on your mind, even if you're cursing. You know, I, I, certain players out there who make me laugh, Alexis and, and, and Cody, like Russell Westbrook, <laughs> uh, you know, you say something to him, he'll literally walk off the court. Up in your face. Oh, yeah. He's a special one. He's a, yes, he is a special one. He is not somebody that you want to draw because, excuse me, like you don't have to, you won't have to worry about the, 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 the security at the stadium taking you out. He might take you out. So he, he will take you out himself and he does not care anything about what comes out of his mouth. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but that's all I got. Yes. Well, guys. It has been an interesting, interesting yeah. week. Yeah, it's been interesting. I think that uh, it's still gonna, it's still rounding out this week. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's trying. Definitely be a lot more interesting things to come. Yeah. But with that being said, that's gonna do it for us here tonight, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the premiere debut episode of the Game Changers. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to throw out your social media handles. Let's, uh, you know, where can people find you? So I'll go ahead and go first. You can see it below, right? Right here at <laughs> Smash Hit Sports. It's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. More importantly, the Right Way Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. Download the Right Way Sports Network app so you can get the great latest and greatest content and articles and videos, not only from us, but from the awesome team here awesome. at Right Way Sports. So again, at Smash Hit Sports, man, I look. I'm gonna get this down. But show like 
15, 16, I'll get it down. It's going to take some time, right? <laughs> go ahead and give us a follow. Uh, we are just as entertaining on the internet as we are here. I can promise you that. I agree. I agree. You can follow me at Right Report on uh, on Twitter and uh, follow TWSN. More more importantly, follow the crew at TWSN. They do an amazing job. Everybody does an amazing job. Super proud of the guys. Make sure you catch the On the Ball podcast this upcoming Friday. Uh, guys, Pranav Raman, the, the lead here at uh, TWSN, along with Thomas Stapleton, Will Lachlan, who did a phenomenal job filling in for me uh, on the Right Way um, show and uh, Christian DeBlock. And, uh, yeah, you keep it locked here. We've got shows pretty much all. Guys, we're getting there. We're almost having a show almost every single day of this week. We still got to add some more. We have our uh, TWSN, um, our TWSN kickoff show, Super Bowl preview going on. Uh, and, and then you can catch uh, Aiden and Thomas's uh, Run the Clock every single Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard time and the right way show every single tuesday eastern standard time and obviously me and my man cody and alexis we are here the game changers have definitely changed the game we are ready we are excited guys and we we can't wait to get it going we cannot wait to get this thing going we're going to continue each and every single week here wednesday you guys keep it locked with us and remember guys there's only one way and that is the right way have a good night everybody